Hey, ladies and gentlemen, glad to have you here on another Wednesday evening. I'm Tommy. And I'm Joe. And this is Tojo Live. Welcome to Tojo Live. All right, guys, I am back. I am back. Hey. I apologize. I apologize for last week. I had just the day before had hey, a procedure. Hey, don't apologize for last week. I filled in for you for a whole six minutes and 49 seconds. I apologize for me not being here last week. Um, I wasn't feeling, I wasn't sick. I was just very drained and a little loopy. And I didn't figure it would be wise to try to discuss questions about life, faith, and the church when feeling a little loopy in the head. Who knows what I would have said. We would have, we would have spent the whole hour with Joe correcting the crazy things that I said. So, um, so we felt it best to uh, to not have Tojo last week, um, but I am feeling much better this week. Uh, some of you know, hey, Mark, good to see you on here, my friend. Um, uh, yesterday, I had to go back in because of an infection in both of the wounds. They had to rip the stitches out and take care of the infection. I won't go into the gory details of that, but it was painful. Um, but as a result of that, I feel I have more energy today than I have any day since the, the procedure. So just in time for the tournament, just in time for the tournament. Although my, my, uh, they have what you call the play in games on Tuesday and Wednesday before the big tournament starts on Thursday. And one of my Southeastern Conference teams was already knocked out uh, last night, Mississippi State. They lost by one point. One point. That was a cool game. I think it was, it was like 21, 22 lead changes. In oh, that wow. Game. What a game. Yeah. It just went back and forth, back and forth the whole whole game. It was a good game to watch. I just wish it would have had a better ending. So the tournament officially starts, is it tomorrow night or – Yes, uh, tomorrow afternoon. It'll start. I think the first tip-off is like 10, 10 afternoon. Got it. And after 12. When does Kentucky play? Is it tomorrow or Friday? Kentucky plays their first game at 7, I think technically 7-10 on Friday. Okay. There you go. Yep. And they, they, uh, they play Providence, which is where at one time is where uh, Rick Pitino coached. He coached right. there. For a few years, I think I don't know if he came directly from there to Kentucky, but I know he was there before he was at Kentucky. So, and Patino's in the tournament this year with Iona. Okay, and I I actually picked them to win first couple of games in the tournament. So, who who do you pick to win the whole tournament? Is it Houston or? Um, I'm I'm going to leave that until toward the end of the show because okay, gonna, all right, that's good. We're gonna we're gonna have a bonus question in addition to our Bible <laughs> question today, and in connection with uh, um, with the tournament. So we've got uh, we've got Mark on here. We've got Sherry Keith on here saying hello. Uh, Mark Hendricks says, "Let the madness begin." Yes, <laughs> yes, it is March, people. This this is my favorite time of year, and I guess it's a good thing that I'm kind of down a little bit. Um, physically, because uh, it gives me more of an excuse to sit down in front of the TV and watch basketball uh, the majority of the of the time. So there's Mary Ann and Vinny are on here. And um, Mary Ann, I want to thank you for guiding my wife through some um, things that she has to do concerning this wound that I have that she has never done before and was not very comfortable doing, but Marianne walked her through it earlier today. And so we are very, very grateful for that. I didn't even throw up or nothing. <laughs> I did good. And we got Karen on here with us. All right. Glad to have everybody on here. Hey guys, our verse for the day, and I've, I've probably used this before because this is one of my favorite verses, uh, but it's John 10, 10. I believe we have two purpose statements in this, in this verse. The first half of it says the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. That is Satan's purpose statement. But the second half of it says, 
I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. And of course, this is Jesus uh, speaking here. And I believe that's Jesus's purpose statement. He has come that, that we may have life and have it to the full. And, and I believe that life begins here when we decide to follow Jesus. But the ultimate experience of life is when we get to heaven. And so, um, you know, we're I'm looking forward to that. But I but I love the little pieces of heaven that we get here on earth along the way as well. And so um, I'm glad that I'm glad that Jesus is fulfilling his purpose statement in me. And I know for many of you, if not all of you, he's fulfilling it in you as well. So. All right. Mark Hendricks says, I never get mad till Kentucky loses. <laughs> Mark Hendricks is another fellow Kentucky fan. I don't necessarily get mad. Um, but I tell you what I do when um when Kentucky loses in the tournament, I watch just about every game I possibly can. I take vacation days and everything around the tournament. <laughs> but once Kentucky loses. I take my brackets and I rip them up, throw them away, and I go on about my business. <laughs> <laughs> so, Tommy, one thing on the tournament, I, I saw on Facebook that Greg Horn's brother, I think coaches, is it Northern Kentucky? Northern Kentucky. And they won they won the championship for their, I guess, division. Yep, and now they're in the tournament. Yeah. So that's yeah, They're in the tournament. Unfortunately, they are playing um, Houston. Houston. Right? Yeah, Houston, who has the best win-loss record in college basketball. And so that's a that's good. That's one of those situations where the team that I picked to win and the team I'm going to be cheering for are two different teams. Yeah. Because I'm gonna I'm gonna be cheering for Northern Kentucky, but I Same picked here. Houston to win. <laughs> I, I texted Greg Horn praying for a miracle. I mean, it, it would be the biggest upset in history. I mean oh, that would be awesome. That would be awesome. Now, Greg has a nephew that actually plays for UK. What is really? his first name? Yeah. Wow. I don't know if he's a scholarship player or a walk-on player. He doesn't play a lot, but he is on the team, and he has played some. Wow. That's a good name. Walker. Walker Horn. Walker Horn yep. is his name. Unbelievable. Yeah. Of course, Darren – um, he's also coached at Western Kentucky, and he coached at South Carolina in the in the Southeastern Conference for a while. Wow. Also, I've never met Darren. I've, I've, of course, obviously, I know uh, uh, Greg quite well, and he's been on our show, and I've been on his show, and sure. um, a, a mutual friend of ours, um, Tom Haley, is the one that introduced us, and we just we just connected uh, once he introduced us, and so. Uh, Great guy, great guy. Well, and from everything I hear about Darren, he's a great guy too. I'm sure he is, just knowing his brother. Is is um is Greg gonna be at the game? Do you know or I don't know. There's a possibility. <laughs> because I think each school gets a certain amount of tickets. I would think he's probably gonna be there. I'd be my because he may be. I'd say if there's any way for him to be there, I'm pretty <laughs> positive he'll be there. That's great. And I think Darren was out in Texas for a while. I don't know if he was a head coach or an assistant coach out there. So, all right, here's the quote. Now, here's a, the, the quote's a little different today because I've got a quote. And then I've got somebody's comment on that quote. And, and I actually came up on a, on a Facebook uh, post. They made this quote and then, then made a comment underneath it. And both of them are great. So I want to read the quote. It comes from J.R. Briggs in, a, in a, I assume, a book titled The Sacred Overlap. This is his quote. Two things have messed with my theology more than anything else. Reading my Bible and following Jesus. <laughs> I love that. I love that. You know, because we sometimes in the Christian faith, we get this idea that it's about developing this theological box and then we have to fit everything into this box. And what this quote says to me is, yeah, we can do that unless we honestly read the Bible. And then we realize that, that whatever box we created cannot hold what the Bible teaches. And the closer we follow Jesus, 
the less we hold on to these these theological boxes. Now, does that mean I'm anti-theology? No, no, not not at all. I love theology. I love the study of God is what theology literally means. And um, so uh, I love this stuff. But this was put on, um, this quote was put on Dave Richmond's Facebook wall. Now, Dave Richmond is the lead minister at Cool Springs Christian Church in Virginia. It's actually the church that, that Tammy grew up in. And, um, and he went on to say this after he, after he put up the quote. He said, this quote resonates with me so much. Throughout history, humans have tried to create systems of theology to tame an untamable God and make him fit in a preconceived box of what he will or will not do. And every time God breaks those boxes open, he reminds us he is infinitely complex. This makes studying theology a never-ending joy because there is always something new and profound to discover as God leads us on a cosmic scavenger hunt into his character and will. I love that. I love the way he worded that because that that's our theology. Our theology is not a static border where we go, okay, this is it. This is our box and everything has to fit in this box. <laughs> But our theology is a journey. It's something we're continuously moving in and through and around and discovering new things. And um, I love, God leads us on a cosmic scavenger hunt into his character and his will. Listen, the second you go, I've got it. You <laughs> lost it. Okay. <laughs> now, that, that doesn't mean that we don't have theological truths. We do. And we need to hold on to those um, to, um, I mean, there's truth and there's not truth. And then there's those areas where a lot of people disagree on what the truth may be. And you know what? I think that's just part of the discovery process. Let's, let's just keep moving forward. We're never going to know it all until we get to heaven. And maybe not even then, I'm not sure. But I know down here we're not going to have it all. We we don't know enough to develop a 100% proof <clears throat> theological box. Okay? Every theology out there has holes in it. Doesn't mean we can't learn from them. Learn from them. Learn what these different theologies are and 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 take from them and then, you know, the things that look like they don't necessarily agree with scripture leave them or study them further. Maybe they do and you just don't realize it. Now, the reverse of that can be true too. Sometimes it looks like they do, but through further study, we realize it doesn't correlate with, with scripture. And so uh, it's a journey. That's what I, that's why I liked the, um, not only the quote, but the commentary on that quote of just, just continuing to move forward in this understanding of who God is and his word and everything. Amen. It's beautiful. Tommy, I had a professor once that said regarding this topic, uh, the person that says, or the people that say they know it the most are the people that know it the least. Yeah, yeah that's exactly right. That's one of the reasons why Joe and I on here, uh, we decided, um, you know, our little tagline, instead of saying, answering your questions about faith, life, life, faith in the church, we say discussing your questions about life, faith in the church. Because listen, we may have some answers. We may have some answers and you guys have some answers, but nobody has all the answers except Jesus. Okay. Jesus has all the answers. Um, Rich Mullins, who's was one of my favorite Christian uh, singers. He passed away in 97. But uh, he used to say this. He says, after all his years of studying the, the Bible, he's come to this conclusion that God has it all figured out and the rest of us are just guessing. <laughs> <laughs> and that's probably not too far from the truth, to be honest with you. All right, we've got, we've got Laura on here. We've got Christine on here with her um, coined phrase, hey. And this is Laura and Jeff's first time. Is this her first time I on Tojo? So, yeah. And listen, awesome. let me just tell you, this morning while I was out, I had to go get Tommy some um, medical 
soap, whatever, some soap that the doctors um, had suggested. So I was in Stop and Shop frantically looking for that. And let me just tell you, God just knew exactly who to put in my space at the exact right time. While I'm walking through, I had a fantastic friend of mine, Michael, came up to me and gave me a big hug, asked how we were doing. When I shared what was going on with you, he gave me just the biggest hug. As I'm getting ready to check out, I get a text on my phone from Connie who has said, hey, don't eat lunch. I'm at your house. Hurry home. <laughs> so she was sitting in the parking lot with food. And as I'm walking out, Jim and Laura are in Stop and Shop asking how you're doing. And of course, I'm almost at the point of just breaking apart at that point. And, uh, and they gave some great hugs and it was awesome. And I just came home very encouraged and had pizza. Very so. cool. Very cool. <laughs> yes, it is their first time. Oh, there's Lois. There's Lois. Yep, Lois. there's Lois. Yeah, I haven't. I'm, I'm slow posting, guys. So I haven't put it in the rest of the group yet. That's the all right. The groups. I'm getting there. Do you need to do that before we get to the trivia yep. question? All right. So, so Joe, how are you this evening, my friend? Brother, now that you're back, I'm feeling great. I really am. A lot of people have been praying for you the last week and especially today and last night. So just happy you're back. I appreciate it. And I do. A, I feel a whole lot better than I did this time last week, right after the <laughs> procedure. And um, I tell you, I felt pretty good on Sunday, but part of that may have been of a adrenaline just because of our, our get together at the house. I love those things. I love having people over and stuff like that. We did our annual Bocker ball tournament. Um, Dylan won again. This is two years in a row for him. So, but, but Stephanie, our worship minister, Stephanie is the one that played him in the championship game. She took wow. out me and Tammy and Apollonia on her road to trying to take out Dylan, but Dylan beat her. <clears throat> That's awesome. That's impressive. impressive. It is. The first time she'd ever played it was was Sunday. But by the way, the gathering, the open house was fabulous. I mean, it I, well attended, great food, yep. and just a, a good time. Thank and you. I never knew what Bocker Ball was. I mean, I started off, but I had to leave mid-tournament. But that yeah. was a blast. It's really fun, isn't fun. it? It's a fun game. Yeah. <clears throat> no. All right. Oh, and look, uh, Laura said she was praying for us. Yeah, I appreciate all the prayers, guys, Laura and, and everyone else. Um, and keep them coming because this is... Keep them coming. I'm still not out of the woods. No, There's a... The I don't want to go into detail because some of it's gross, but, but some of there's a gross. term for that. What is it when they... When you got to put the gauze down inside the... Packing the wound. Packing the wound. Yeah, that's it. Uh, Tammy has to has to pack the wound. Both of them. There's two. So we have to be praying for Tammy as much for you that she doesn't. Yes, yes. You know, Maybe more mid packing or something. You know. Hey, I, I I did it once with supervision and I didn't pass out. Marianne told me I, I might have seen me turning green. So you know. Yeah, Marianne commented up there earlier. What was it she said? She commented on she said, on what you yeah, did today. She said you you did very good, Tammy. See, yeah, you did very good, see, Tammy. See. Nice, nice. <clears throat> I tell you, that was rough. <laughs> I told Tammy, I said, you never imagined when we first started uh, talking to each other at Johnson Bible College that one day you would be sticking gauze inside my back like that. <laughs> uh, Listen, that's what? marriage, folks. That that's marriage. That is. I'm honored to do it because that means we've been together long enough for you to have to have issues like this for me. To there you go. You. There you go. And I love taking care of you. So I'm all right with that. I just don't like hurting you, and I don't, it hurts. It hurts me to watch myself do it. It hurt a little bit with the changing of the, of the but nothing like it hurt last night. Last night was very painful. Oh, man, it was, it was bad. Laura said she was sorry that they missed our, our party because it was totally. Oh, yeah. We, awesome. we missed you guys. We it missed you guys. So much fun. I know. I think last year, they were at the one last year, weren't they? I don't know. Maybe. I think they were. Up here's Lois. Lois has a prayer request. And Lois, you have been all over our hearts and minds, the leadership at the church, and the <clears throat> prayer circle at the church. We have all been praying for you. Yep, absolutely. 
Absolutely. Keep praying for me. And it's just getting more intense situation. Hope you feel better, Tommy. Thank you for that. Mm -hmm. I do feel better than I have been. I've still got a ways to go. And I have no doubt that that it's going to get better. Um, but we will we will lift you up in prayer, Lois. Um, Joe, you mind lifting Lois up in prayer? No, I'd, I'd be honored. Uh, Father God, I want to uh, I want to lift up our dear sister Lois. Continue to pray for her. She's going through some struggles, dear God, and you know. Um, and let her know that we all love her and we're all praying for her. That um, things would ease up with all the challenges that she's been facing, and that she would be comforted, um, and that she would have peace. So, dear God, once again, we continue to lift up our sister Lois. We pray for her, for her peace and for her happiness. And we pray this in Jesus' powerful and precious name. Amen. 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 All right. Thank you. You bet. Oh, Laura says, God's got you, Tommy. I believe that. I believe it too, Laura. 100%. <laughs> Mark says, praying for you. How was the patient when Tammy was packing? Um, A little queasy. It wasn't necessarily painful. There was, I mean, a little bit of light pain but it was more just the the thought the thought of stuffing that down inside my flesh yeah. <laughs> and i could feel it it wasn't painful but i could feel it going in and that was that was kind of queasy feeling yeah that, that was the worst part so but it's, um, it's better all you medical weirdos that like that kind of stuff <laughs> Hey, thank God whole, for you, though. Whole new we respect. need people like that. Yep, whole new respect. Absolutely. You guys. <laughs> Whew, that was All right. Rough. When, you we, we... when you were describing it before, I thought about calling it the passion of our pastor. You know? <laughs> last, last night when you started talking about what they had to do, I was like, okay. Oh, man. Uh, that was painful. Yeah. And, and listen, just to show you how tough my husband is, when he uh when he when he went through the first surgery last week, they actually bent needles. Yeah. Trying to sew him back together. They said my skin was like leather, and they were bending the the sewing needles, putting stitches in my oh back. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Tammy, big big question: Were were you in the room last night when this was happening? Or I was. Yeah, yeah. They, they let her stay in there. Wow. The and like the waiting room, the lights were out, and like everybody had gone home. We were the last ones there. And with a couple of medical staff and it was creepy and, and they didn't ask me to step out. I just kind of stayed over in the corner far away. And I, I don't know that it was a wise thing for me to stay in there. Cause I tell you, I was when, when the doctor would look at Tommy and say, okay, slow, deep breaths, slow, remember to breathe. Cause Tommy was holding his breath in between, you know, hollering. And so <laughs> when he would say slow, deep breaths, I'm over in the corner taking, <sighs> Slow deep breaths, slow deep breaths. <laughs> wow. I was a mess. It they was usually a wouldn't let you in the room. I mean, it's, I, so that's no. The, well, and now they didn't when they actually did the, the, the surgery, surgery, the initial okay. surgery. They didn't let her in, but last night they let her in there. And I mean, they had to teach, they would have brought you back there anyway yeah. because they had to show you how to. To how to dress my wound and all that stuff. So that was last night more painful than the actual surgery? Yes. Yeah, it was a lot more painful than the actual yeah. surgery. Yeah. Yeah, because the surgery, I mean, they they shot the, I don't know what they use, but right. whatever painkiller they use, they shot it in there. And actually, in the middle of the surgery, I felt a little bit and kind of flinched. And he goes, did you feel that? I said, yeah. And he goes, well, let me put some more. And so he put some more more painkiller in there before he continued. But last night there was nothing. Oh. I mean, of course they weren't cutting on me, yeah. but they were, they were pushing hard and it was infected. And you know, a wound, the more it's infected, the more tender it is anyway. And they were squeezing all of that, that out. So I'm sure most of you on this, on this show tonight, we're not Ooh. expecting that much Gosh. detail. Sorry. Sorry. It was something. But it was painful. Yeah, oh. it was much more painful than the actual procedure a week ago was. When he walked out yesterday, I said, how do you feel? And he, he very weakly looked at me and said, I feel like I've been through something. Yeah. Look, <laughs> <laughs> Christine said, oh, 
Preacher was about to have a boot in the booty. <laughs> the butt. That's how I show you my love. Christine has been on the... On I've been the good! I've been good! You, for a week, I have told you. I was worried about you. And you, I told you, you needed to go. And we took precautions. No, we looked like at things. We later. contacted people. Yeah, yeah. And eventually right. went back in and had to take a care of it. Eventually. I like the eventually. <laughs> Laura said I couldn't. I'd have, I'd have passed out. I will tell you. Here, show them this. Show them this. All right. So this, show them this. Okay. That is my tuba chapstick. That is the only thing that was within reach of me because I'm standing in the corner. She and was that, doing that. That's exactly she was what squeezing I, it just like I that. I had that thing. I almost broke that. <laughs> I was squeezing it and twisting it and holding on tight because it's the only thing I had in my pocket. I didn't have anything near the wall. I was just, <coughs> I had nothing to hold on to. And I held on to that. And every time he would holler, I would squeeze harder. And I'm telling you, when that doctor went into him pretty good, and Tommy's, he came up off the table. And, and when he did, I really wanted to hurt that doctor. <laughs> I didn't. I mean, that's that instinct. He kept know? apologizing. He did. He's like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He was so apologetic. I'm like, don't, don't worry about it. Whatever, just, whatever it takes to get this done, get it done. Yeah, yeah. Karen says she's continuing in prayer for you, Tommy. And then what is Marianne saying? In the nick of time, Tommy. And uh, in Marianne's opinion, Marianne is a worked in the medical field. She said you were about a day away from having to be hospitalized and and put on yeah. IV antibiotics. So see, that was, so. I was was it? I was right on time. No, no, you weren't. <laughs> um, Christine says Loopy is the first sign that you got a problem brewing. If that's true, there's lots of signs that I've got a problem. That's not the only time I'm loopy. Look, Karen said, this is what they tell you on an airplane. Take care of yourself first so then you can help others. You are right. Words of wisdom, Karen. That's a great illustration. Words of wisdom. Yep. They tell you to put the oxygen mask on a child or somebody you're taking care of before or to put it on yourself before you put it on them. Because if you're unconscious, you can't help anybody. And so that principle, I agree, Karen, that principle applies um, beyond just airplanes. We want to say welcome to uh, Sonia just joined us. Hey, Sonia, glad to have you on here. I got a funny story for her. And then Aura, (coughs) Aura texted me this morning. She was on the prayer loop, I guess. And she said, I just saw what Tommy's going through. And she said that sent me a text saying that she was praying for me. And that was so special. So thank you, Aura. Thank that, you, Aura. We appreciate it. And let, let me just tell you about Sonia. Sonia came up to church on me at, uh, at, on Sunday afternoon. And she said, Tammy, she said, I, I just had to tell you when I tuned in to Tojo on Wednesday night and I saw you on the screen and not Tommy, I knew something was bad wrong. <laughs> And I told her, yes, yes, it was. Something was bad wrong for me to be on that side of the screen. <laughs> yeah, Tammy typically doesn't like this side of the camera. I don't. I'd much rather be over here running all this stuff. <laughs> you did great, though, Tammy. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, right, thank you guys ahead. for doing that last week, um, kind of getting on here and just letting people know. I didn't want to leave people hanging. And so uh, yeah, just was... got on here and let them know. But I'm back. I'm back tonight. We want to say hello to the Enthusiasm Zone, Glen Cove oh, residents, yeah. Glen Cove neighbors. All three just joined us. Awesome. Awesome. Glad to have everybody with us. Are we ready for the question? Now? We are. I have it up and I'm ready to go. What's our uh, What's our scores? Oh, good grief. I don't have that. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> I can only do it so many things. You're killing me. All right. Um, scores, scores, scores. Okay. Oh, Krista. Oh, I haven't seen her unless she's lurking somewhere quietly. Um, Krista won last week with seven. Let's see. Um, William, Joan, and Mark have one. Karen has two. And Marianne and Vinny have six. Christine has five. All right. So wait, there we are. Sorry, I didn't know those in exact order, but close, five, close enough. And we may have time for a bonus question tonight, too. Ooh, we may, we may throw it. Like but here, here's the trivia question. Which book in the Bible 
tells the story of David and Goliath. Which book in the Bible tells the story of David and Goliath? You're outside? Okay. Be right there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Are you taking a call while you're talking to us, Joe? <laughs> Actually, my phone my phone rang and I had to silence it. So sorry about that. That's all right. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> All right, let's see who gets it. Uh oh, we got some answers. Oh, oh, here they come, here they come. All right. Karen said 1 Samuel. Mark says 2 Samuel. And the answer is 1 Samuel. 1 Samuel. Um, specifically, chapter 17 of First Samuel. Karen, that brings your total to three. Marianne got it right, too, but, uh, but Karen got it first. Christine said she's driving now, so have a good week. All right. Is she fading in and out, or is she just going out altogether? Uh, I think she's probably, she probably just got off work. She gets off at 630, I think. So. Does she? Yeah, I think. <clears throat> All right, good job, good job. Oh, ha <laughs> she said credit. Hold on, let me bring credit to Francesca. Francesca got it. All that. right, Francesca got it. Congratulations. <laughs> oh, look, Lois said in her situation, she feels like David facing Goliath. Well, you know what happened, don't you, Lois? You know who won that fight? He, he knocked it out of the park right there. And it wasn't because of his own strength. It was nope. because he relied on God. Yep. He was able to do what the whole Israelite army was afraid to do. It wasn't like they tried and failed. They didn't even try. They were they were too afraid to take on Goliath. And David, through the power of God, stood up to him and took him down. So, yeah. yeah. So that's one of the most right. incredible stories in in the Bible. I think it's I just know, right? amazing. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. All right, guys. Here's your bonus. Anybody want some bonus points? It's not a Bible question. <clears throat> but some would consider it sacred. Do I have it over here? No. Oh. As you know, this is the beginning of March Madness. Oh, really? I guess technically really? it began last week. Is because that your bonus question? Oh, my God. This is a bonus question. Oh, look. Sorry. Lois brought in a great. Oh, yeah. With a little <laughs> rock. There you go. Wasn't like he had the best equipment in the world. He had a little rock. Little rock. There you go. He actually had five, but he only needed one. <laughs> Nothing wrong with being overprepared. But uh, but yeah, it was it was the power of God is where his reliance was. <clears throat> not his strength, not his equipment, but the power of God. <laughs> so I know not everybody is is college basketball people. So many of you may not be able to answer this question. And it would be a difficult question to answer, even if you are a basketball fan. But, you know, we come up with these, these brackets of 68 teams for the tournament. Um, by Thursday, it'll be at 64, which is weird. But it's a, it's a common practice for people to take their brackets and fill out who do they think is going to beat who all the way through the brackets. And you come up to the final four and then you have winners out of each one of those games and you have the championship game. Here is my question. Who did I pick for my final four? What four teams did I pick for my final four in the NCAA men's basketball tournament? If you can get that, uh, we will give you we will give you a bonus point. So, but you have to guess all four teams that I have. I'm I'm pretty sure you can probably guess one of them pretty easily, but the other three may be a little more difficult. So, and we will we will leave that up there while we go on with the rest of the show. All right. Hey, I had a question the other day. It's funny because, you know, when we come on here, we talk about the fact that we're here to discuss your questions about life, faith, and the church. 
which I think I forgot to say today, by the way, but that's the reason we're here. <laughs> um, so I actually put this question up on Facebook the other day. I said, what questions do you have about life, faith, and the church. And we've got like five years worth of content. And we got a lot of we got a lot of content out <laughs> yeah, of that. And um and so we may go through some of those. And and I'm gonna look at one of them right now. And here's the question. How do we have both unity and truth? Now that's a good question. And I think where he's coming from in that is that truth often divides, and, and he's true in that. He's correct. Truth will sometimes divide you because if you if you hold solid to a truth and somebody else is is passionately against that truth, that's going to create division. Absolutely, it will. Um, in the church, for the most part, our truth should be the same because all of our truth should come from what the Bible says. Now, as we said earlier, sometimes there's parts of the Bible where we may read it and go, you know, I think it may mean this, and somebody else may say, I think it may mean this. And and there's there's some maybe it's not as black and white as we would like it to be. And so it allows for a little different understanding, I guess, of those things. But then there's other things that that don't. And I guess what we've the problem is agreeing on what matters and what can we have liberty on? There's an old motto uh, that uh, it goes back, I think, to Augustine, but it was also used a lot in the restoration movement, which is what our um, uh, the independent Christian church comes from. And the, and the motto was this, in essentials unity, in opinions liberty, and in all things love. Essentials, unity, in opinions, liberty, and in all things, love, which is a great, great motto to live by. The only problem with it is agreeing on what are the essentials and what are the opinions. That's where that's where we run into some problems with that. But I would um, I would argue that that truth. I mean, truth does divide us sometimes. That's understandable. I mean. I don't have unity with an atheist on the existence of God, obviously. Um, we're not going to be able to find unity there because there's a core truth, non-negotiable truth as far as I'm concerned. And in most cases, their concern as well is that's a non-negotiable truth. So we're never going to find unity on that. So how do we have both unity and truth? My argument would be, would be that you can't have unity without truth. Now, truth is not going to unify the world, but it will unify the people who buy into the truth, to that particular truth. You know, if you're working on a car and there's three mechanics working on that car and they all come to the same conclusion as to what needs to be done, they can work together and fix that car because they agree to the same truth. This is what needs to be fixed. But if they all three have a different opinion on what's wrong with the car, they can't work together. As the owner of the car, you got to pick one and say, hey, you fix it. And if it doesn't fix the car, you take it to one of the other guys. But you don't want them working, it on, working on it together because nothing's going to work right because they can't agree on what the truth is in that particular situation. When we come together on what the truth is, it brings unity in that. And of course, love, you have to have love as a part of all of that as well. Um, there's a actually a couple passages of scripture I want to look at um, in regards to this. Uh, one of them is from Ephesians uh, chapter 4, verses 11 through 16. It says this, so Christ himself gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity 
in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. Now, we're going to, that was verses 11, 12, and 13. Um, and look at what he says there. God, is, God has given us all different gifts. And the purpose of those gifts is to serve him and to serve the church and to serve the world. Part of what we do with those gifts is we help other people grow in their maturity. Notice what it said there. He goes through those list of gifts and it says that Christ gave them to us to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach unity in the faith in our faith of who Jesus is and following him and in the knowledge of the son of God. What is it? That's the truth of who he is <laughs> and become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That unity and maturity work together and they work together as we serve God and each other through that process. Then in verse 14, it says, then we will no longer be infants. In other words, we're maturing, we're growing, we're becoming spiritual adults. Then we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves and blown here and there by every wind of teaching and the cunning and craftiness of people in their deceitful scheming. <laughs> okay? When, when we are not mature, when we're not growing, when we're not unified, then we're liable to go anywhere with our theology. Oh, well, that sounds good. You know, I heard this on TV the other day. That sounds interesting. I never thought about God in this way. Maybe that's maybe that's something I need to look at. And it has little to no relation to the Bible itself. And so that's a sign of immaturity. When your theological views are just kind of pew, 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 and, and they're not solidified in, in the word of God. And so that's what happens when we're infants. We're tossed here and there by different winds of teaching and stuff like that. But then he says, here's the mark of maturity. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will grow to become in every respect the mature body of him who is the head that is Christ. You want to know what the at least one of the number one or one of the top characteristics of a mature follower of Jesus, they speak the truth in love. Mm. They speak the truth in love. Being mature in Christ doesn't mean that we back off on the truth. It doesn't mean we go, well, you know, that's not a big deal. Um, and it definitely doesn't mean that we forsake love for the <laughs> truth. And listen, different people have different tendencies to lean one way or the other either the love direction or the truth direction. And you know those people that they're all about the truth. They're all about the study. And and, and it's like, this this is the truth. And listen, sometimes we, we got to get we got to get tough with the truth. We got to have tough love. And, and it's, it's scary sometimes. But then you have people on the other side is like, you know, as long as we love each other, it doesn't matter what you believe or what I believe or what happens in the world. As long as we're loving and we're caring and we're happy and beautiful and all this, you know, and listen, neither one of those extremes is a mark of maturity. They're both marks of immaturity. When we're able to bring those two together, when we're able to marry those two in our lives, the truth and the love together that is a mark of maturity, and that is how we become more like Jesus, because that's what Jesus did. Nobody was more solid on the truth than Jesus, yet nobody was more loving with the truth than Jesus. And, and a, a, listen, a truth that has no love is not real truth, and a love that has no truth is not real love. They both need each other in this spiritual walk. And then he goes on to say, From him the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. You see, the unity has got to have that, that, that love factor in there that brings us, brings us together. Um, on that post that I put up, uh, one, of the, one of the people in there, Bill... 
Dinwiddie, I think is the way you say his name, Bill Dinwiddie. Um, he said, if any two people accept truth, they have unity. Well, boom, there you go. <laughs> there you go. When we accept truth, we have that unity. One more passage of scripture, and I won't spend as much time on this one. Romans 15, 5 through 6 says, For whatever was written in earlier times was written for our instruction. Talking about the scripture. So that through perseverance and encouragement of the scriptures, we might have hope. Now may the God who gives perseverance and encouragement grant you to be of the same mind with one another, according to Christ Jesus, so that with one accord, you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, it all comes back to the scriptures. He started there with the scriptures. It gives us encouragement. It gives us perseverance. And it's within that that we have that, that unity as well. Um, and listen, truth is not as elusive as some people make it out to be. Again, there are some things that we look at and we go, okay, some people have a different understanding of this. Maybe I can get that even though I don't fully agree with that. There, there's None of us are going to completely agree on every single aspect of the Bible. Um, <coughs> but as a whole, in general, if we're going to have unity with each other, that's our, that's our truth. That's our truth. Jesus is our truth. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if I say that there's another way to the Father, guess what? We don't have unity because we disagree on what the truth is. And, we, and we've got to agree upon, upon the truth. All right, we've got some people. We've got some comments. Okay, I'm having a hard time hearing about people's new pronouns. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, I'll give you this one. Yeah, no, I'm just, don't, don't get me started. <laughs> you know? I'm, I'm not a big fan of pronouns. I'll, I'll leave it at that, you know. Um, listen, and I know this is, this is, we make fun. And, and I guess that's a way of handling difficult situations. Um, th that's a difficult topic. Let me just say, and it, and it really comes back to the identity factor. I identify as this or identify as that or, or, or a vague identity or whatever. Listen, as a follower of Jesus, my identity is in Jesus. Amen. Period. It's not in my pronouns. It's not even in my gender. Okay? My identity is not in my gender. My identity is in my relationship with Jesus Christ. And everything else flows out of that. <clears throat> and so, um, you know, the pronoun thing, it doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. I kind of chuckle sometimes. Uh, there are some funny things on the internet about it. Uh, but listen, I know that people that are dealing with that are dealing with some heavy, heavy issues right now. Listen, if there's somebody on here that's dealing with that, know this. Your identity is deeper than any of those things. Your identity is more significant and more meaningful than any of those other things. It's who God created you to be. And it's in your relationship with Jesus that you discover that. Not through all of this other stuff. And listen, I'm not pretending to know what you're dealing with. I, I know it's tough. It's got to be tough dealing with those issues. And it's, and it's become more and more of a, of an issue today than it was, you know, 30 years ago, although it still was an issue 30 years ago. It's just, it's become more prominent, but whether it's today, 30 years ago or 2000 years ago, the significance of our identity is in Jesus. Amen. Amen. And so that's, that's the direction I would encourage you to go. And, and I believe a lot of the other things will be easier to deal with. Not saying it's going to be easy, but it will be easier to deal with when you're in Jesus. And brother, when we're united in Jesus, we truly are all brothers and sisters. We're all part yeah. of the same family. We're all children of God. And whether it's he or him or she or his, you know, we are all brothers and sisters. Yeah. And the identity is the piece that, that I agree with you most on. 
Yeah. You know, being we're we're followers of Jesus. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Good. Uh, what was it? Aura said that she's she brought up Genesis two. Genesis agreed in Genesis two. I am a woman. There you go. <clears throat> there you go. And then Karen said, "There's that one." Sometimes we need. Sometimes the wheat needs to be separated from the chaff. Truth of Christianity from what is not true. Yeah, absolutely it does. Absolutely it does. And listen, sometimes it will bring division. It should not bring division within the church because we should be united on that truth. Unfortunately, we're not always, but but that's, that's what Jesus prayed for, <laughs> was absolutely. that we would have that unity of truth in there. But listen, those outside the, the church are also outside the truth. And so we're not going to have unity with them. Now, it'd be good to be able to find some common ground with them in order to lead them to the truth. Um, but the, we've got to accept the fact that we're not going to be in unity with the whole world because we can't agree on what the truth is with the whole world. But we should be able to do that within the church. Mark says a statement. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Mark says that a statement that he often says is, this is what I believe and this is why. And then he shows them in the Bible what he's talking about. There you go. There you That's go. That's a good, good way of doing it. And listen, it. always be open to discussion with people. You know, just because you believed that for 30 years doesn't mean it's the right thing. And through deeper study, you will come to one of two conclusions. Through deeper study, when somebody questions you on something, you will either decide, you know what, they may be onto something. Maybe I need to relook this, or it's going to take you deeper into what you already believe, which is a good thing too. And you're like, you know what, I believe this more solidly now than I did before, and it was because of the opposition that it drove you into that. So look at it in a positive way when somebody challenges you um, to accept the challenge yeah. and and go with that. All right, um, Mark, I was going to say, Mark makes a, a great point, though, there. And I think just to piggyback on that, and we've talked about this, you and I, over the last two weeks in church, about how important unity is within the church. And, it, you know, it, often it's not just what you say, but it's how you say it. And you could say yeah. things in love or you could say things in not so much. You know, I said last week that, you know, you can't be persuasive if you're abrasive. And when you go on the offense, people are going to take it defensively. You yeah. know, so you could say, hey, brother, you know what? I understand how you feel that way. And I respect that. But I have a different opinion. And let me share why. Yeah. You know, and I believe, as, as Mark said, this is what it says in the Bible. Yeah. You know, and, and I think there's a way to say, and often what I think happens is people start getting all negative and whether it's on Facebook or in, you know, how, however, you know, all of a sudden, no matter what you say, you're not going to win me over because how you said it. Someone calls right. me an idiot and then explains to me why I've got a problem with that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Aura says, I'm sorry. I know what I mentioned was a touchy subject. I was just thinking of all the division in the world today. Listen, this is a place for that. Yeah. If, if you got exactly. questions and like we say, we're here to discuss those questions. I'm not necessarily giving you the answer and saying, Oh, this is what, but we're discussing those questions and you guys are giving input and, and Joe and I are giving input. And, um, and, and that's what we want to do. We want to, we want to look at these things. We want to be a safe place to have dangerous discussions. There you go. Okay? I love it. That's our tagline. There you go. That ought to be it. A safe place to have dangerous discussions. Okay, so here's some dangerous discussion right here. Oh, they're looking at the, looking at the final four. All right, so Marianne and Vinny have Kentucky, Gonzaga, Baylor, and Penn State. And I will say that you have one of the four correct. All right, we have another one, but he didn't put it in where everybody else could see it. But Mr. Curtali says Kentucky, Houston, Alabama, and Kansas. He has three of the four, correct? Wow, three? Really? Three of the four, correct. Wow, okay, so I just did a quick on mine, I guess. You know my system, yeah, but you didn't get it right. Did, well, I just sat here and did it. I didn't even look at the, the brackets. I was trying to remember who was in which region, and yeah, there you go. All right, so you got one, one. out of one out of Okay, four. I know who the other one is, is Alabama. 
I know you got Alabama going to the Final Four. Are you not going to share? I will share, but I'm still going to give people a chance to answer. Somebody may get it, get all four right. So Joe got three of the four? Joe got three of the four. All right. Houston, Alabama, Kansas, and Kentucky. All right. I'm going to say Kentucky, Alabama, and Kansas are right, and Houston is not. That's my guess. So who would – you don't think so? (laughs) Houston was like 31 and three or something. Or yeah, yeah, 31 and three. That's what yeah, they were. Yeah, but Tommy's weird. He doesn't always right. really pick. Look, he's got Kentucky going to the final game winning it all. <laughs> so he doesn't always make the best decisions on these. It's okay, though. We love you. All right. If, if nobody gets the right answer by 656, I'll, I'll let okay. out my answer. All right. <laughs> Now, one more minute. It's 6.55 right now. Oh, let me pull up a bracket. I might see something that makes me excited. We had a video to show, but we're not going to have time yeah. to show. We'll save it for next time. And it'll be ready for it's, next It ties in with the, what we were talking about um, with with the truth and unity and stuff. So we'll uh, we'll save that for next time. No, because that'd be another. No, he's not going to pick another a number one there. I'm looking at the bracket now. Because Houston is one of the the oh did he pick Kentucky Alabama Houston Kansas they're all number one seeds except Kentucky one 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 six I did I did not pick all number one I know but but Joe did I don't have the bracket in front of me though I just you know I knew those were the favored teams except for Kentucky obviously yeah I'm gonna I'm gonna say no on Houston and I didn't get it I didn't get I thought Texas A and M might be. So what are you saying? What for? Um, I don't. What did I say earlier? Kentucky. I don't know. Alabama, Kansas, and A and M. That's what I'm going for. That's what I think you have. All right, you got two of the four. Right? Ah! All right, here's my final four. Y'all ready? All right, let's see. Who is it? Kentucky. Woo-hoo! Which everybody got that part right. Alabama, that's another Southeastern Conference team, and they're probably, arguably, the best team in the nation right now. Um, Houston. So you did do Houston. I did pick Houston. Okay. Alabama and Houston were my two number one seeds. And then um, in the West, I picked uh, UCLA over Kansas. Okay. So. So I've got Alabama, Kentucky, Houston, and UCLA. UCLA is the Hawkeyes guy. I mean, guy that looks like Pearson off of This Is Us, Jack Pearson. Oh, maybe. <laughs> now, I will tell you that when I do my brackets, that it's not necessarily always my heart. So sometimes I'll actually cheer for the team that I didn't pick to win. <laughs> Which is the case in the first game with Houston because they're playing Northern Kentucky. Oh, yeah. And Greg Horn, who's been on this show a couple of times, his brother coaches Northern Kentucky. So I'm going to be cheering for Northern Kentucky, even though I picked Houston to win that game. Yeah, you talk about David and Goliath. That There it is right yeah. there in that game. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Exactly. And to be honest with you, I really don't want UCLA or Kansas to go to the Final Four because they are both – um, UCLA is the only team in college basketball with more championships than us. And Kansas, at least earlier in the season, was the only team with more wins, overall wins ever than us. And so I would, even though it would wreck my brackets, I would love it if they both lost in the first, <laughs> first round. Um, all right, we are about out of time. You have any closing remarks, Joe? No, it's it's great being here again. I'm so glad you're doing well. I hope you have a restful uh, few days and look forward to seeing you in church. And just a final thought as we were talking about unity, and you said it a couple seconds ago, Tommy. This is what Jesus prayed for. Yeah. You know, unity in the church is nothing more important to Jesus than unity in the church because the church is his bride, his, his body, and we're his sheep. We're his sheep. We're his flock, you know, and uh, and he loves us. He wants us to be united. Absolutely. Guys, we appreciate you being on here. And um, again, I apologize for last week. I just, I didn't didn't feel it best uh, to be on here trying to discuss questions about life, faith, and the church. Um, But I'm glad I got to be on here tonight. Thank you, thank you, thank you all for your prayers, 
and your encouragement and your texts and your calls and teaching my wife how to pack a wound and, and all that <laughs> stuff. And cutting um, out foam pillows. Cutting out foam pillows for me. Uh, listen, the church is a blessing. Uh, we love you guys. And we are so, so happy to be up here and, and be with you guys. And, and I, we've got the, the COVID thing behind us as far as it, you know, controlling the outcome of the world. And, um, and we're moving forward. And, and, and I, think, I think this is going to be a great year for us as a church. So thank you guys for your prayers, for your love and encouragement. And I hope you have a great rest of the week. Thank you for joining us.